Welcome to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. This is an interesting time. This is a crazy time for me. And you might be asking yourself, why is that? And I'll explain right now. Explain right now. From deep underground of Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Three Beers In, the craft beer show, bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I'm your host, Dom, and this right here is episode number 187, and this week we are drinking from Twin Lights Brewing Company, or just Twin Lights Brewing, I don't want to add to their name if it isn't there, Double Vision, a double dry hopped IPA. It's coming in at 6.5% alcohol by volume. And what's interesting here on the side of the can, well, in their logo here, it says that they were established in 2020. So I give these guys a lot of credit for being able to begin their journey as a craft brewery um, from Hackensack, <clears throat> New Jersey. Oh, brewed and packaged by Twin Lights, uh, New Jersey, and our friends at the Alimentary Brewing Company in Hackensack, New Jersey, community-inspired so I wonder if this is a a collaboration, but it was community inspired, which is great. And uh, listen, I don't even know if this episode is going to make it to the airwaves, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, because I have gotten an early little birthday present here from the wife, the wonderful, lovely wife. Uh, I got here a MacBook Pro. That's right. This is something that I've been waiting for or wanting to have all my life. And here it is right in front of me right now, a MacBook Pro. It's going to be really be a game changer for me in terms of like getting things together and getting things done properly for the podcast. I don't know how it's going to sound though. Like I don't know how it's going to translate uh, in terms, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to save the episode and upload it. I don't know how big the the size of the file is going to be. It might be too big for me to upload. So there's a lot of uh, variables here uh, that are in play. But we shall learn together and grow together. It is a really fantastically awesome machine uh, for the price. It better be, for Christ's sakes. Um, but what you call it? Uh, sorry about that. I think there's something about the cold that just really hits me in the sinusy area. And I get all phlegmy and stuff like that. So I do apologize. It's quite chilly out there. But where was I? Oh, yeah. MacBook Pro. Unbelievable machine. I'm not going to have any problems now bringing up articles and bringing up other stuff. Um, I, I cannot stop the, the ads that'll probably still be there, uh, as I go through articles and the like, but nonetheless, one of my favorite, favorite phrases is, but nonetheless, a MacBook Pro is in my presence and it is just really a fantastic machine and really, really just so happy to have you guys here with me this week, episode 187. I don't think I did an episode last week. Uh, today, this is Sunday, January the 31st. So tomorrow you will be hearing this. If you don't hear it tonight, you'll be hearing it in the month of February, which is just so crazy. You know, we're already hitting the ground running. You prepared for the snowstorm? Now, this is interesting because I normally don't pay attention to anything that's going on. But apparently it's going to snow like starting today into Tuesday uh, to Wednesday morning, apparently, is when it's going to stop snowing. So if you're in the New York City area, everyone's kind of uh, getting ready for the fucking... Storm of the century over here. Pretty, uh, pretty pumped. But I don't know. Do I, I want to call out from work? Probably not. I'll just, just power on through anyway. Congratulations to Day Show. Day Show has won uh, the first bash show of the year. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, oh, again, I'm sorry. I always bring up sumo wrestling on here. <clears throat> it's kind of my little thing. Really glad to see that uh, Takayasu, Ichinojo, and Takanosho all getting their kachikoshis this year. I mean, this uh, basho. Thank you. I was rooting for those guys, and I had them. I had bet on them in a little tournament. Um, but uh, Kotonosho really fucked me up. But anyway, <clears throat> kachikoshi means that you have eight wins or more. Basically, if you win more than you lose in the uh, Grand Sumo tournament, you will be awarded the kachikoshi, and that will bring up your rank a little bit. Guys who get the Makikoshi, which is the less than eight wins or a sub 500 record, uh, they get moved down in rank. Some of them even get demoted and out of uh, the uh, Makuchi division and get sent down to Jirio. Uh, either way, moving on here. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, you have no idea what GameStop is, okay? And I was screwed 
by Robinhood, and I'm going to sue, okay? Now, look, I'm, I'm, this isn't a finance podcast. This is a beer podcast. But before I get into the, the thick of things, I like to <clears throat> bring up things that are going on in my life and things that are happening maybe around me and happening in the world. And if you've uh, been living under a rock, there's been a quite a stir in the markets going on right now with the GameStop. And now, without going into huge detail about it, um, because I'm pretty sure you know what's going on. That's literally living under a rock. So what was I going to do? So back in about 2016 area, we um, we did a show here on Three Beers In called The Woof of Wall Street, which is a pretty interesting show. If you want to listen to it right now, you can find it. All of our episodes are listed here at www.3beersin.com, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts and other places where you can find podcasts and stuff like that. Woof of Wall Street, pretty interesting show to listen to. Back in the Rob Obermeyer days, Back in 2016, we interviewed Junior, my dad, who happened to be a man who ended up on Wall Street um, on the Futures Exchange. We talked to him for a little bit about uh, stocks and stuff like that, and we also talked about options. And back in 2016 is when I really got into options and playing options and stuff like that, which is basically uh, gambling, which is what it is, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. I kind of put a cap on it or knocked it off for when... Uh, preparing for the wedding and then the wedding and then the baby. And now I was like, you know, the GameStop thing is going off, right? So the GameStop was basically valued at, I think, uh, $4 to $8 a share, which is very low. And then all of a sudden, it starts rocketing up to about, I think the maximum was about $450 a share. It starts getting pumped up by, um, you know, a lot of people are speculating that it was this group on Reddit called Wall Street Bets that kind of put, uh, put this pump on so to speak let me get a sip of beer here and the and the, and the stock skyrocketed but what happened was i missed the boat obviously and not to bore you too much with details i like to play the stock options which is you know just a way to you know get in on what's going on but without having to buy anything because i didn't have the uh 350 to just buy a single share and i'm i'm in it for a lot of money so I bought put options on the stock. Put options means I'm betting on the stock to go down in price, but I'm not really doing that. What I'm doing when I'm playing options is I'm trying to bet on volatility. So what volatility means is the <clears throat> the flux of the, the the fluctuation of the price of the stock is going to give you a volatility score and in, in percentages on there. And I used to do pharmaceutical stocks, and they were anywhere from like 125 to 175 percent five percent volatility. And what we were seeing with GameStop during this craziness that was going on, there was a volatility of about 800 to 900%, which means because of how crazy the volatility was, I could have made a lot of money on the value of one of my options, right? So I had about $100 on me. I bought $0.92, cents, which is $92, on a put option at the strike price of $15.50 for GameStop because, as we know, the price of the st- the the value of the company is probably not as big as what the price of the stocks are. Either way, at the time I was in with the hedgers only because they were still in it. I wasn't trying to root. I want the thing to go to a thousand dollars. To be honest with you, because I just think that's cool. I just wanted to cash in on the madness. I'm not there to actually root for it. Okay, the guy who sold the put options is is rooting for it to go down. Or whatever. I, I'm just waiting for. I just want this thing to to just balloon up, right? So. Uh, because I just want the madness. Now, what had happened was my brokerage, if you want to call it that, was Robin Hood. And this was where the big thing came, right? And now I know for a fact, I know for a fact that I got screwed out of a lot of money because what had happened was when the market opened the following day after I, I did purchase that contract, first of all, the contract was going all the way. It went up to $5.98, which would have meant for my $92, I could have made it to five $582 or whatever. So now what happened was, when they opened up the market the next day after I made my purchase, they decided, okay, that it would be a good idea to halt everything on term in terms of you selling and purchasing anything in terms of GameStop on Robinhood, which is absolutely absurd. Because what had happened was that put a squeeze on the uh, the stock that drove down the price. Now, like I told you before, when the price goes down, my value of my put contract goes up. Now, if it was hitting $5.98 in terms of the value when the stock was trading at like anywhere from 380 to 334. When this thing dipped down to a dollar uh, 175, 
there is no question that my the, the value of my contract would have maybe even doubled that the the five dollars ninety eight I I honestly think it would have hit twelve dollars maybe even fifteen dollars, which means that I would have turned my ninety two bucks into fifteen hundred dollars or seventeen hundred. God knows how far that was going to go. Now I understand that doesn't seem like a lot of money, <clears throat> but in the scheme of just in terms of the amount of increase that you're going to get on the value of your money in that situation. It's it's unbelievable. Turning $92 into possibly $1,700 or more would have been incredible. But what had happened was because Robin Hood decided to put the kibosh on anybody moving anything in GameStop, I wasn't able to exercise my, not exercise my option, pardon me. I wasn't able to sell my contracts. I couldn't even see the value of the contracts. Actually, what had happened was when they started to do this fucking manipulation, which is what it was, the value of my contract went from 92 cents. Actually, I think it closed at $1.23. Went from $1.23 to one cent. It was use, It was basically useless. So all $92 of my money was wiped out. Now, let's just say I was. I bought it and put contracts for $9,200, which some people do because they have the money to do so. $9,200, and then all of a sudden it's worth a cent. Now, if I took the $9,200 and put it in there, and then all of a sudden that hits... And it hits up to to the higher price. That means I would have made you know tens of thousands of dollars, obviously. But <clears throat> if there's a clash action lawsuit, I'm gonna get in on it because I was definitely I was not I don't I cannot put a value on what I lost in terms of <clears throat> uh, what what could have happened. But I can guarantee you that I did I did lose out on the opportunity because of what they had done. <clears throat> and I'm almost positive that that breaks the conditions of the uh, user agreement that we have here on Robinhood. So what did I do? I got so mad. I, I waited for the next day because then they said we're going to open up to, to to options again. I got out at a dollar twenty three, which is okay because I didn't lose money. You know what I mean? I didn't lose money, but technically I did because I missed out on the opportunity to cash in on a fuck done a volatility. But I wanted to get the fuck out because now the hedgers were out, and if the hedgers was out, that means this this this. Stocks probably they're trying they want to get it to a thousand. I hope to God they fucking do it. Because a lot of the hedgers they did close out their positions, but there's some that are still in it. And fuck those people, man. They're changing the rules of the game right in the middle of the game. You can't do that. It's fucked up. So either way, I was just so fucking mad. I was like, I'm gonna take my money out of Robin Hood and gonna go somewhere else. Fuck these people. You know, you know, sticking it to the man. And then they're like, you gotta wait three days to get your money out. And I was just, I'm a degenerate gambler. And I just moseyed my way over to the PDUFA calendar and everything like that. And I, I got the itch again to get into the fucking pharmaceuticals. God damn it, I bought a call. I, ca- I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. It's the degenerate gambler in fr- that's in me. And I had a plan. I was going to get some call options on Regeneron if I had the money to do so. But here we are, right? So I'm back in the game a little bit. Not too much. I don't want to spend a lot of money. You know, I'd rather get myself a MacBook Pro here that I've got like in front of me right now. Isn't that fantastic? Let me see here. Where am I? This is going to be great because like I have, I'm still learning how to use the machine because there's like different like moves that you do and this, that, and the third. But got a wonderful show here for you. This beer is um, halfway there. I got to keep drinking it though. Mm. God, it's nice and cold down here. But let's get into the hops, huh? What do we got? So, uh, one of the great things about this uh, particular beer this week, hang on a second, I still, still learning how to navigate this bad boy here. Twin Lights Brewing has, I'm just going to read you the description here, I'll probably hit you up with it later as well. It's our second core beer is brewed with a Pilsner malt, uh, oak malt, and flaked oats. A small amount of Chinook was thrown in for bittering with a hefty Whirlpool edition of Mosaic and Simcoe. Additionally, we used copious, copious amounts of Mosaic and Simcoe. In our dry hop edition, the final result is a hazy, crustable, juicy IPA. God, I really fucking trailed off there a little bit. Hazy, crustable, crushable, juicy IPA. Say that a hundred times fast. So as you know, here on Three Beers In, if you have, if they have the hops listed, then we are going to read those hops for the hop of the week. And that's our way of getting so familiar with these hops that we are exposed to all the time in our craft beer. So the first one we have here is Chinook. Chinook hops are suitable for any stage. I can't fucking speak today. Chinook hops are suitable for any stage of the boil. 
Uh, no, uh, they're not only a natural for American-style pale ales and IPAs, but they also find their way into seasonal ales, uh, seasonal ales, barley wine, and some porters and stouts. The variety is a cross between Petum Golding and a USDA male and features a pine-like spicy bouquet with robust flavors of grapefruit. Released in 1985, Chinook has recently grown in popularity, particularly among craft breweries. Currently, they're commercially, uh, commercial, commercially, I almost said comically. What the fuck is wrong with me? Commercially featured alone in Stones. We're not going to, we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about. Forget that I said Stone there. Sorry. I, I, I'm not even going to read the rest of it because of that. But they're, they're around, okay? Bouquet of uh, pine and spice, bittering, and aroma are their purpose. And they got the alpha acid composition of anywhere from 12% to 14%. I almost read about Stone. Fuck Stone. Like, wholeheartedly fuck those people. Simcoe. Simcoe, where are you? There you are. Hoplist.com is where I get all my hops, by the way. And if it's not there, I kind of find it in, like, a shop or something. Simcoe. Now, everyone knows Simcoe. You've heard this name a hundred times. Released to the world in 2000 by Yakima Chief Ranches, or Yakima. I don't know how to pronounce it. American variety Simcoe has become wildly popular with craft brewers. With a high alpha acid percentage and a low cohomulone, it makes a very nice foundational bittering hop. It is also noted, uh, though, for its favorable aroma qualities. It has a pleasantly fruity yet earthy herbal and piney aroma. And they mention another one here. Flying Fish used it to create its 10-year anniversary barley wine, five editions of it, alongside Magnum. And Sierra Nevada also uses it in one of their high-altitude bold beers, Hoptimum. It has been referred to as the Cascade on steroids. The characteristics here are bright citrus flavors with earthy undertones, aromas of grapefruit, pine, and herbs. It's a bittering and aroma hop, and the alpha acid composition is anywhere from 12 to 14%. The last one we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is Mosaic, another one of those registered trademarks here. One of those big boy hops that we love here in the United States of America. Released in 2012 by Hop Breeding Company, LLC, Mosaic Hops features complex but clean flavor characteristics and are known for their triple-use profile, encompassing bittering flavor and aroma. They have high alpha acids but low cohomulone, which makes them pleasantly hoppy, carrying flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, and aromas of tropical stone fruit. Mosaic is the first daughter of Simcoe and Nugget and has been humorously referred to as Citra on steroids. It's also known as HBC 369, and it's used again for bittering and aroma. (coughs) Excuse me. And the alpha acid composition is anywhere from 11.5% to 13.5%. And that, ladies and gentlemen, we have it for the hops of the week. Really, really glad to uh, drive down on those hops because these are these are, these are are some of the big boys right here. So it's really great. Um, should I do the commercial now? Yeah, let's do the... Should I run the... Yeah, let's run the commercial, shall we? All right, everybody. I know it's the middle of the show, but... I always forget to plug this show on my own show. Isn't that crazy? So check this out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could stop what you're doing, go down to the review and give me five stars, it would be really, really great. If you even want to drop me a line there, that'd be cool too. Don't forget, you could visit www.3beersin.com. That's with two N's at the end. Right there, you can find the contact tab. You click that, you drop me a line. Question, comment, concern, anything. I'll try to get it on the show. Not to mention, also, on that main website, that's where you can hit the merch tab and buy yourself some awesome three beers in gear. You like hoodies? We got hoodies. You like just regular t-shirts? We got that too. We even have cases for your phone, man. Are you afraid of websites? Don't worry. You could always just Google three beers in. Don't forget the two ends at the end. And you could find my Facebook. You could find my Twitter. You can see that I'm on Untapped. And you could also find other platforms in which to listen. Did you know that we're on Spotify? After the many years of doing this show, what really makes it all worthwhile is the fact that I get to come on down here, drink some beer, and hang out with my pals. That's basically what it is. Everyone that listens to this show is a friend, is a family member. You guys are the reason I do it. Thank you so, so much. Share it to somebody else. Maybe they can get the feeling of the gemunlichkeit while we do it. Who knows? We shall see. 
But thank you all again so very much. Thanks for listening to this commercial. And let's get on with the show, shall we? I am just so nervous that I don't like that this file is going to be too big to upload because I have no idea anything. Oh, Jesus, I'm hitting everything. But the but the news, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the news. You ready? I'm ready. Oh, I almost oh, I should have gotten a beer first. I'm a fool. I'm an actual fool. Oh, it is what it is. Let's see what we got here for the beer news, ladies and gentlemen. This is exciting. Oh, actually, hold on a second. I did like some show notes here to tell me where to start. Oh, yeah. You know what? I would have forgotten um, if I didn't do this. You know, it's been so long. Uh, yeah, open link here. It's been so long since I've really given anyone any updates on the local Staten Island places. I mean, lo and behold, I happen to be a beer podcast that is in Staten Island. I have to tell people what's going on right here in my borough. And I'm talking about Flagship and I'm talking about Killsboro, right? So Flagship, they're here. It's, oh, what is what is this right here? Revel Up. What is this? Oh, okay. Really nice. They're, you're able to uh, to purchase their, their beer right off of their Instagram. Instagram is really just fantastic. That's kind of taken over. I'm a big Instagram guy. I, I kind of deactivated my Facebook. I might try to be a little more active on Instagram, I guess. I don't know. But let's just have a look here at what's going on in Flagship. So the latest the latest beers we have right now are Flagship. So we 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 I didn't cover I may have covered their their Samuel Francis Ale, which is an American Amber Ale um that they did in collaborations with the Francis Tavern in Manhattan. I believe I covered that. Really nice looking beer in terms of the presentation. I really like what they're doing with their labels there at Flagship. Um, this looks like a really interesting ale. Let me see what it is. It's an American Amber, like I had said. And it's got like a nice red, white, and blue thing going on there. It's really, really, really nice. They had the Super Akai Sour, which I did not try. The Blood Orange IPA, which is one that's been out there for a little while. Metropolitan Lager, of course. Right here is one of their new ones here. It's Curtain Up. Curtain Up, uh, which was released... Uh, pretty recently here on January 22nd. Uh, it's their version of Curtain Up. So now let me just make sure here, a nationwide collaboration in support uh, of a life in the arts. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to be on the on the run here trying to look this one up here, but I'm going to do that in a second here. But it is a dry hopped uh, pale ale, a nationwide brewer's collaboration to support a life in the arts. It is a really cool presentation. I really like, it's got like the marquee light, uh, like that bulb excuse me, the, uh, the yellow bulb and the, and the red lettering that you would see on like a marquee and it's on a stage with the, uh, the red curtains and everything like that. I'm going to look that up in a second. This here, let me actually just do it right now here. I come into a curtain up, curtain up beer. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to look into that in a second. The happy hour guys is something that it's a project the actors. Fun. Okay. I'm just saying words now that I'm reading them. So anyway, yeah, Curtains Up uh, was one of their new ones. And they also have a new one here called uh, the Van Dam, flagship Van Dam. It is an English-style mild ale brewed with vanilla. Uh, so it's going to be pretty interesting here. Dark storm to bring the mild weather with vanilla rain. Interesting-looking um, packaging. It's got like a old-timey newspaper look to it, and there's a dog there. Um, anytime a brewery goes ahead and makes a, a dark... <clears throat> like uh what am I looking for here? Dark type of ale like this. Like, I know they did like a dark and mild a while ago, and it just it wasn't it wasn't much of a hit. Um so I do hope that this time it's a little bit better. But here we're gonna say I'm gonna bring this up. I was not prepared for this. It's a nationwide brewers collaboration about uh, uh the collaboration to raise awareness about the live performances industry, which has been decimated by COVID-19. And to raise funds for the Actors Fund and associated charities to aid workers in the industry suffering from the shutdown. Well, mm-hmm. some of the, um, interesting, interesting, interesting. I like the, oh, okay. So I guess it's a curtains up. Uh, the label is kind of, 
the uh, the label seems to be uh, one that everyone uses. The Curtain Up Initiative is an outgrowth of the Broadway Brews Project. I don't know how to make a tab, so I'm just going to click that. Broadway Brews Project. Oh, okay. Five. Okay. All right. Sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm reading and... Okay, um, started by the Happy Hour guys to bring uh, Broadway theater and craft beer together to raise money for great causes. Prior to COVID-19, they led the creation of five beers that they were readying into. Who are the Happy Hour guys? Happyhourguys.com. They're 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 a bunch of dudes, and I guess they do. Uh, what do you guys do? What do you? Where's your about section here? I'm saying like I I don't have a fucking about section. They have a team. Who are you people? What do you do? Sorry. I think they're actors. I think they're actors. I'm out. I'm sorry. But anyway, I'm always a big fan of a collaboration or something like this to try to help people out that are in need. The primary mission of Curtain Up is to create a source of relief funding for the Actors Fund, uh, which provides a safety net for entertainment professionals throughout their lifespan. So please go and visit thehappyhourguys.com. Look at their curtain up situation. Or if you see a curtain up beer out there, support this initiative because it is helping people that are in a little bit of a bad situation right now with this um, COVID pandemic that's going on right now. Okay, moving on. Anchor gets an overhaul and it screams corporate. That's right. Let's open this link, ladies and gentlemen, and see what we have here. Excuse me, my God. Good burps here. On the eve of the 125th birthday. Okay, here comes the ads and stuff. Unbelievable. You get yourself a fancy schmancy laptop that's worth a lot of money and everything. And you can't. Oh, I can't read it. I can't read the article unless I subscribe now. Cancel anytime for 99 cents. Do I want to read this article to you people? No, I'm not going to spend a goddamn dime on it because I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to read it, but I can tell you what's going on in this fucking thing. The the uh, Anchor Brewery, as you know, has sold out. <clears throat> they got gobbled up. They they were the ones that did this. Um, what's we call it? They they had steamed their beers and everything like that. Whatever. Um, you know, it had a really great look to it. It was the uh, the what you call it that uh, that uh, stubby little bottle, which was really fantastic. Now they've done a whole. They turned their vintage beer labels into this corporate-looking fucking Twisted Tea-looking label. There is an anchor on there, but it looks like if you took Twisted Tea and Landshark and just threw it together, you would get this. That's so disappointing. There was something just very special about the anchor label, the fact that you were having a beer that just stood the test of time. Pretty sure it fucking made it through the Depression and two fucking world wars and shit. And this is what happens, right? Such a shame. Corporate dipshit ownership. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, uh, we're starting off this shit the right way. <laughs> so sorry. More breweries in Columbus open rather than close. I don't know what the fuck happened there with my pronunciation. More breweries in Columbus open rather than close during the pando, which I've started calling the pandemic the pando. I don't know if that's cool. Probably not. But let's have a look here, and this is from the Columbus Dispatch, and they're not making me have to pay any fucking money to read the goddamn thing. Patrick Cooley of the Columbus Dispatch says that the coronavirus pandemic devastated Ohio's bars and restaurants. Dozens of taverns, pubs, and eateries had to close in central Ohio since the virus first reached the state in March. Craft breweries, however, are still opening at a healthy clip since the pandemic reached the Buckeye State. Nine breweries have opened in central Ohio, and only five have closed. But statewide, 47 opened and 15 closed. That's a pretty good trend right there. That's a pretty good trend right there. But it doesn't necessarily mean that all the small breweries are thriving, although a few would argue that the coronavirus robbed Ohio of its appetite of craft beer. Most uh, openings were the works prior to the pandemic, as the craft beer uh, a brewery typically takes months or years to get from the drawing board to a grand opening. Okay, well, at least it didn't stop these places from opening up. An official tally from the Ohio Craft Brewers Association lists 10 openings in the Franklin County and the surrounding counties during the pandemic against six closures. However, the 1487 Brewery is on both lists because it closed its Alexandria taproom and moved it to Plain City. Okay, that's no big deal. 
But it's just good to see that there that there's a, uh, a although there is still a struggle going on for certain uh, with uh, with um, the craft beer industry. It's really really nice to see that there is that feel good story that's still out there, and that it is the fact that there is some uh, light at the end of the tunnel here. Some places have opened up. So now I do. I know I talk about sumo wrestling a lot on here in Japan, but this actually has something to do with beer. And this is from the Men, Men, Menichi, uh, Japan's national daily since 1922. And this has been translated. So if the English is bad, it's probably me, not the translation. But excuse me, it reads here, craft beer made with rose yeast from Hiroshima Prefect is a blooming success. Oh, oh I see what you did there. That's an interesting looking um, beer. There's a there's a a picture of it on the left, and it's a, like a like a it's an orangey reddish hue, but very hazy looking beer. It's from Fukuyama Hiroshima, a craft beer brewed with rose yeast in the western Japan city. Japan city, western Japan city has been such a hit that it sold out within a month of going on sale. Microbrewery Bingo Fukuma Brewing Co- College in the city of uh, Fukuma. Hiroshima Prefecture, and the Fukuma, I can't, Jesus Christ, University co-developed the pale ale, categorized a sparkling liquor under the tax law with a fermented yeast extracted from roses. A second batch is uh, planned for sale in the spring, and Soji Kobataki, 49, the microbreweries uh, represent, I don't know why I sound, I feel like I sounded racist when I pronounced his name. Yeah, I'm not trying to be. But I, I'm not trying to mock the guy. I just feel like I should say Kopatake when I say his name. Okay, maybe that's from the sumo. I'm not trying to speak from a place of privilege here. I like people to enjoy its unique flavor, which you'll find nowhere else. That's a pretty bold claim, sir. You know? But hey, you got to talk up your shit, right? The beer was released in December 2020 and quickly sold out all of its approximately 300 bottles. That's all right. I mean, it's 300 fucking bottles. I have that. I, I can have that in two months. Let me not try to like, you know, knock them down here a little bit. One of the microbreweries, five other beers won a gold medal in the International Beer Cup in 2020, while the company was pondering how to make a unique beer with yeast that could define the drink's taste and flavor. The university team, I skipped a few uh, researchers, wrote uh, the rose yeast uh, had they had since 2013, and they're going to make another batch. This guy looks really Japanese and excited to be all about it. Um, and you know what? I don't know if we have any Japanese listeners anymore, but for a brief moment, we did. And if you guys are hearing this, go out and get yourself one of those bad boys because it's going to be delicious. Now, here's a here's a local one right here. Five local breweries to get your suds on. Now, the re- I opened up with Staten Island, and I'm going to uh, not end, but I'm going to bring in Atlantic City weekly here to give me some new jersey news here and ryan laughlin says these are the five local brews get your suds on here um with the ever-growing number of wonderful craft breweries popping up in south jersey why not take a break from the bars you can't you have to you can't i don't want to take a break from the bars i want to go to them you can't take a break ryan because you can't go head down and sample the goods of one of these tasting rooms I'll do that too. Just get, let me go somewhere. Summers Point Brewing Company first came to the scene in 2017 and has made a name for itself by offering some truly tasty brews. Currently, there are nine varieties to choose from, including Big Nose Blonde Ale, Mother Pucker Kettle, uh, Kettle Sour, and Essential Worker Scotch Ale. Interesting. A Scotch Ale. Haven't seen one of those in a long time. I got fucking annihilated once on a, on a Firestone Walker Scotch Ale down the block. My God, I think I blocked out the uh, even. They even have beer haters covered as they offer a raspberry lemonade flavored hard seltzer called Training Wheels, as well as a non-alcoholic root beer. That isn't that. Wait a minute. Okay, if you're talking about a brewery, I think you do have to put it out there that it's non-alcoholic. So fine. Um. Uh, beers can be enjoyed in the tasting room. We're taking to go. I'm not going to read all that right there. Vinyl Brewing Company is out here too. Hamilton's Vinyl Brewing Company claims to put flavor first and style second, but really both seem to shine at this hip small batch 
South Jersey Brewery, where the beers go by fun, funky monikers, such as the Grape Chipmunk Fire of 79 and Your Summer Dresses Bore Me. Uh, uh, a dozen brews can be found on tap, and a few uh, can be in the cans there. They have a sour brew of theirs called Glitch in the Matrix, and it won first prize in the sour category at the 2019 Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. Vinyl, oh wait, it gives you the, okay, let me give you the address here. 705 West New York Avenue in Summers Point for Summers Point Brewing Company. Once again, that's 705 West New York Avenue. And then for this place, uh, 12th Street in Hamon, Ham Monton. 12th Street, 300 12th Street, okay? Go there. Give it a shot. Hidden Sands Brewing Company. It's located just down the road from Atlantic City's uh, Weekly's headquarters. Okay, Hidden Sands' claim to fame is that they utilize a pristine water supply. I would hope that every brewery has good water, but it's a result of well of, of a well drilled by the company in order to make use of naturally filtered rainwater in their brewing process. Interesting. Hidden Sands is close to Atlantic City, making it an easy and fun afternoon road trip for anyone who heads to America's Playground for the weekend. They also have some indoor dining and stuff like that. That's an interesting little plan. I might want to see what's up with there. They have some porters, and they have... Oh, the porter first drop is brewed with chocolate caramel and maple syrup. Hidden Sands is located at 6754 Washington Avenue in Egg Harbor Township. I went to Boston there. Egg Harbor Township. Tuckahoe Brewing Company. How could you not? How can you not? Tuckahoe has a very, very warm place in my heart. I believe that... Yeah, they were the people that started Brewery Strong. Tuckahoe. I, was, I did the interview with the guy, Brian. Fantastic. Founded in 24, uh, tw- uh, 2011 by four friends who enjoyed brewing as a hobby, Tuckahoe Brewing Company has quickly grown into one of the most popular local craft breweries in staff Germany. These beers are a uh, common sight on menus of bars and restaurants throughout the area and beyond. They recently set up an outdoor beer garden in addition to their tap room where you can enjoy some of their delicious brews. And they are delicious. It's located at 3092 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor. I'm not going to go where I went before, Egg Harbor Township, Tuckahoe, really great people there. Really enjoyed the interview I did with the fellow. I forgot the name right now. I'm sorry. I'm a human being. I don't remember everything that comes to my mind. But he was a really great dude. And, uh, oh, God, what happened to the recording here? Are we still going? We're still going, right? Yeah, we're good. We're still going. Um, and the last one on the list here, we have Three Threes Brewing Company, a slant toward IPAs, touts, porter, uh, touts, stouts, porters, and saison style beers. Hamontons. Everything's in Hamonton. I guess that's the township here. Three Threes makes for a great pit stop for any group of beer geeks. Tap list includes a nice assortment of suds, including Back to the Reality IPA, Pitter Patter Pilsner, and the spookily named Moonlit Grave, a medium bodied oatmeal black ale with notes of dark chocolate. Toffee and caramel. That sounds pretty interesting. And they also have some hard seltzers. Three Threes is located at 50 13th Street in Hamonton, New Jersey. So give those places a try. Head out when you can and uh, support the local craft beer scene. That's what it's all about, people. All right. This last article here, I really wish that it was a uh, a feel-good one. I like ending on a high note. But this one's coming out of Kansas City from KSHB.com. And it reads here that Boulevard Brewing Company fires executive and vows change amid harassment claims. This is a pretty ugly story. I haven't read it yet, so we're going to go through it together and see what's going on. This is from Todd Palmer. Kansas City, Missouri. Boulevard Brewing Company issued a second apology. That's two apologies. That can't be fucking good if you got to say sorry twice. Let me zoom in here a little bit here. Okay. Second apology and vowed in a statement on its website to change its workplace culture after a former employee complained about excuse me, pervasive harassment that went unchecked at the brewery on Southwest Boulevard in Kansas City, Missouri. The company also said Tuesday that it has fired a company executive and will hire an independent human resources forum to investigate its, investigate its corporate culture. That is terrible sounding. Let's hear from her, hopefully. A woman uh, who said she left Boulevard Brewing Company in March of 2020, detailing uh, she detailed a post saying that a sexist work environment that takes advantage of its employees. The unidentified former employee 
said that she was harassed over her pregnancy and that other female employees were subjected to repeated unwanted advances over several years from a male coworker. And then this is what's so fucking disgusting about this, right? Reading here and saying that it says from a male coworker, so it, it, it makes it seem as if it was a single fucking jerk off that was doing this. Now, meanwhile, you have you want to have a situation where women are welcome in the craft beer scene, and also when it comes to making craft beer, of course. There's no fucking boys club here. Like, come on, man. And it's a fucking pregnant woman. Like, how could you be so fucking terrible? She said in the post that she and others tried to address the issues, including through complaints to Boulevard's Human Resources Department, but the situation never improved. God, no relief for the fucking bullshit either. It was made clear that I was the problem for not handling it better, the Post said. They had asked me in my interview if I could handle working with men, so it was my problem. That was the response from the fucking Human Resources Department? Jesus Christ. What are we living in, 1951? The Post also claims that Boulevard was biased against women in its hiring practices. I am no longer... In the brewing industry, the woman wrote in the post, that is so sad to read that these fucking jerk-offs can ruin it for someone who loved their job. It says here, I loved my job. I worked hard to get there, and I am extremely proud of the work I did, as you should be. You should be proud. And it's a shame that you let this jerk-off ruin it for you. I think it's important for everyone to know that Boulevard is not a good place for women to work and it is not a family company. The Post said at least one other woman she knows of quit over the way female employees were being treated at the brewery. Boulevard issued a statement on its Facebook page Monday which read, we take these charges very seriously. Oh, do you? So you didn't do anything to change the problem. And then when they went to the fucking human resources department, they were told they were the fucking problem. That's absolutely absurd. The brewery said in the Post, that these charges were thoroughly and impartially examined a year ago, and it was determined certain situations could and should have been handled with greater sensitivity, but clearly established that there was no harass, there was no harassment or discrimination, according to these people. The initial response, uh, okay, let's, let's go a little bit further here. The initial response from Boulevard, which went on to say that it was an opportunity to learn and grow, was greeted with criticism from commenters calling it tone deaf and a pitiful PR spin job. Among other things, Boulevard issued a more robust statement in Tuesday entitled Reflecting on its website, backtracking on the claims that no caress, uh, harassment had occurred at the brewery. The Okay, so they got caught with their fucking pants down here. Maybe quite literally. Who knows what the what this poor woman had to go through. And, th- and now they're trying to backtrack on it. The new apology said that Boulevard was shaken to the core by the accounts of... Par- well, wait a minute. Why are you shook? You're shook now? You got shook now. You weren't shaken before. You didn't want to believe the woman. Or you didn't think there was anything going on. They were shook to the core by the accounts of personal experiences we have heard from our employees, our former employees, and our communities. And they were facing a lot of backlash. Based on additional corroborative information... We parted ways with the company's executive, Boulevard said, without identifying the employee. The company also promised to undertake an independent third-party human resources firm to undertake an independent investigation of all issues that have been raised with full access to all our people and all of our records. Boulevard now says that it will institute a system for anonymous reports of workplace concerns and how those reports are handled along with a new enhanced and mandatory harassment, bias, and discrimination training Yada, yada, yada. A whole bunch of, we're going to take care of you and stuff like that. So now Boulevard, of course, we know is owned by Duvel, which is a, the company that also kind of owns, well, they do partially own Oma Gang and stuff, but the good beers come from them. And I believe I had some Boulevard beers before, but I just don't understand that they got to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. You can't, you can't have a, 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 a workplace environment that's so toxic that this is what happens. And then you, then you don't even take it seriously enough to issue the proper apology. And then you got to backtrack on that apology, issue a new apology. You look like a fucking moron. You look like a terrible 
company. And then what's interesting is that you can't hang your hat on being a very small operation when you're backed by Devell, when you're backed by a, a, a conglomerate, you know, a multinational corporation. So, I mean, look at all the fucking loose ends here that they got to tie up. And it's such a shame. And, you know, I took a hard, excuse me, I took a hard stance against founders when this happened. I'm taking a hard stance against uh, Boulevard as well. And you know what? You, you got to make your decision with your, with, your, with your wallet, you know? Let them fucking feel this, man. It's unacceptable to have shit like this happen, especially nowadays. Like, this is absolutely absurd. At any point in time, it's bad. But now... Like I said, what is it, 1951? You're doing you're doing this shit? Fucking unacceptable, man. Terrible. You know, by the way, I think the Harness Racing Hall of Fame is fucking around with Junior because there's still nothing down here. You know, I got no uh no harness racing stuff to fight with down here. It's all just me and the echo and shit. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Cracking this bad boy open. Oh yeah. Really, really good stuff. Let's pour this one out, shall we? Alrighty. Twin Lights Brewing Double Vision. I, I like to give this one a swirl because when you have these uh, these IPAs, you really want to give these a good swirl to get everything off the bottom there. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah, you could we you can see it changes the color when you do that even. Because it was clear before and now it's hazy and holy shit. We got ourselves some floaties, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of floaties. Don't be afraid of it. Okay. Again, this is chock full of uh, uh, Chinook, Simcoe, and Mosaic. We have here a double dry hopped uh, IPA coming in at 6.5 ABV. Let's see what we get here. Let's have a look. Let's hold it up to the light. And yep, you can see that. We got about a finger and a half ahead here. There's an incredible amount of floaties in here. You know, that those flaked oats are really coming in strong here. It's going to be like having a, a cup of oatmeal here. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's going to settle to the bottom and then we'll, we'll jump right in here. Really beautiful looking brew here. Completely opaque. Got that orange juicy look to it. That mimosa look to it. Very, very promising for a Niepa. Not that they say that it's a New England style IPA. Although when you got those types of oak flates in there and all that oak, oak, not oak, oat, you know that it's going to have that mouthfeel and stuff like that. Hopefully. Let's get to, let's get the nose on it, shall we? Really got in there with the nose. I apologize for that. Mmm. Got that fresh, cut, grassy, hoppy smell going in here. Not too dank on the nose, right? It's not going to make you step back and say, holy shit. Um, quite a mellow, mellow aroma here, but not like in a weak way. You know what I mean? There's some pininess to it, like fresh, piney smells to it. There's a melon aroma here, not too heavy on the citrusy side, even though it's probably going to come through on the flavors. Has a has a light, fresh papaya aroma here. No fart. I always say sometimes I smell a slight fart on some, some beers. Not here. <sighs> Pretty good smelling beer. It doesn't smell like it's too much of a juice bomb, though. Let's just see how the flavors uh, continue. Very bright. Very, very bright. I mean, the, the flavors are not like in your face strong. Like you don't get punched in the mouth with, with flavors here. But right away, you just get this really clearly, like, like you get this, you get a really nice mouthfeel going on here. Very, very laid back, tropical melody going on here. Very, very bright, floral, floral flavor here with a citrus tinge to it. Got a nice bite there with some nice carbonation. But that melon there, it's, it's a slightly citrusy flavor. Um, it's clearly a winner right here. Like I said, great mouthfeel. Is it, you know, very mellow tropical flavors here. Not too sweet, not too spicy. Mm. Great burps. You tell a lot of um, a lot of pride was taken. But there is a sweet flavor there. 
the mouth feels is, is it's not quite as juicy as you would really want it to be in terms of a Niapa. But the mouthfeel is fantastic. It's very velvety smooth, very nice mouthfeel, good bite to it, great burps. Um it's a it's a laid back nice beer. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really something that I would I would bring this to the cookout, bring this to the barbecue, let people taste on this right here. Just to get them get them introduced to uh into this style here. That that papaya flavors there, the melon flavors there. Um, the citrusy is like leaning on the lemony side, like a little slight bitterness going on here. But overall, very, very pleasant, pleasant presentation here. Mm. Very, very bright. Very, very bright. Very, very nice citrusiness to it, but not an overbearing. Good zip to it. It's a, it's a great beer. It's a really great beer. Mm. I'll give this an eight. I'm going to give this an eight. And I'm going to bring this back because why not, right? I'm going to put it on the Mount Rushmore for ales because we don't have one for season four. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear it right here on Three Beers In. Twin Lights Double Vision getting an 8.0, putting it on the Mount Rushmore. Season four, we got an ale, ladies and gentlemen. I probably shouldn't have done that, but I did. You know what? Why not? I, I was carrying over the beers, and I don't think I'm going to do that anymore uh, because nothing's ever going to beat Lucius, so maybe that's just going to stay on the on the Stouts Mount Rushmore. Um, Alpha King was absolutely fantastic in terms of the ales department right here for Season 3. Beat out Citrus Snuggie for sure, which from Season 2. Don't do a lot of lagers, but I do think the Mount Rushmore is important. I want to keep that thing going because it's just good fun to do. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Three beers in, coming to a close here for episode 187. I want to thank you all for joining me. I think it was a really fantastic time, a fantastic ride. I had a great time. I'm having some delicious beer here. Can't wait to finish this one up while I finish doing all my notes and stuff here and uploading this bad boy. Hopefully it uploads. If it doesn't upload, this will be one of the lost episodes of Three Beers In. Maybe you can get it on, like, some sort of, like, special DVD that we release one day. Audio on a DVD. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a really good uh, start to your February. I hope you power through. I hope you have a snowblower out there that you can blow the snow out of the way. If you're not in hit with snow anywhere in America, I really hope that you have a really fantastic start to your month. Power on through. Drink some craft beer. Visit your local craft brewery. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Take care. I'm going to catch you all next week. God bless you, everybody. Take care.